You're listening to Places I Can't Return To, an audiobook by Sean Bear Flannery. Narrated by, well, me, Sean Bear Flannery. Each week, I release the next chapter here on this podcast. If you enjoy these stories, you can buy the full book in digital, print, or audio at my website, seanbearflannery.com. That's Bear, B-A-I-R. What you're about to hear are true stories. But this is no memoir. It's more of an illustration, maybe even a warning, of what your life will look like if you decide to live every day like it's your last. Because I followed that advice. I followed it for a good 15 years. And I cannot re-enter most of the places I visited in that time. Allstate. Medina, Ohio. I once interviewed at the wrong company. It was one of my better interviews. There are two ways to talk someone at the wrong company into interviewing you. A, be so charming they feel they must talk to you further, even though they have no idea who you are. Or B, be so uninformed, so incapable of providing any of your details, that they cannot be sure if perhaps someone somewhere in this organization did actually schedule an interview with you. I fell into the latter category. I like to arrive at interviews with as few details as possible. In fact, I usually only write down the street address and the time of day. That's it. I don't write down the name of the company, nor the person interviewing me, or even the position I'm being considered for. I go to a job interview armed with only a time and an intersection, the same way one would go to pay off a ransom demand. Believe it or not, there is a plan to this strategy. And yes, my strategy is an overcorrection to a terrible weakness of mine. I am terrible with names, but worse even is that I still loudly gamble that I might have the right name when greeting people. If I see a person whose name I think is Kevin... I will confidently walk up and say, Kevin, great to see you again. And he will usually reply with, actually, it's Bill. 90% of my introductions are countered with the word actually, which is not the mark of a smooth conversationalist. Actually, I'm married to Joel, not Sven. Actually, we have met, but you were very drunk. And so on and so on. I am a high-risk, low-reward greeter. And it has caused problems with countless job interviews because I was making so many errors on names. Then it hit me. If I never learned the name in the first place, I cannot get it wrong. Thus, I purposefully omitted names from the details of upcoming job interviews. I only wrote addresses down, then walked into whichever building I found at that address. Usually, there was someone waiting for me in the lobby. That person would see me, a young kid in a suit holding a manila folder, entering around the time of our agreed appointment, and would yell, Sean, hey, it's Jamie. We talked on the phone. But the plan falls apart when you walk into the wrong building. I had arrived in a small, shady parking lot with many small offices around it and began to realize my usual process was kind of flawed when it came to strip malls. But I noticed one office in the mall had an Allstate sign. And I had scheduled an interview with them for a quasi-IT slash actuarial position. As I understood it, I was supposed to help create risk algorithms for their mainframes. Allstate must be the right business, I thought. 
I walked into the Allstate office and lingered for just a bit, hoping someone would walk through the office doors and greet me. But the person behind the information desk noticed me before any of that could happen. Can I help you? She asked. Yes, hi. My name is Sean Flannery, I replied. I have an interview at 11 a.m. Oh, really? Hmm. Who is it with? I'm not sure. I'm a little embarrassed to confess. I left my day planner at a coffee house. This was, of course, a lie. I didn't have a day planner. Plus, I don't think I had ever been inside a coffee house at that point in my life. Oh, okay. Nobody mentioned a job interview today, the receptionist said. It would be an IT position if that helps. And you don't remember who you talked to? Well, Luke from Digital Solutions set up the interview. Okay, well, if it's in IT, it must be with Dave. That sounds right, I assured her. She called Dave. As she was dialing, I started to realize that this particular building seemed smaller than what I was expecting, given that the job was supposed to be with corporate Allstate. This looked more like some regional office. While the receptionist called Dave, I walked around the lobby, admiring the view of the forest behind the parking lot. Then I heard the inner doors open and Dave came out, apologizing profusely. He explained that corporate HR had been setting up these interviews for him, and there had been a lot of confusion, and somehow this particular interview wasn't on his calendar. But he had a free hour before lunch, and he felt we could do it in that time. Sure, I responded, and he took me back to his office where I was given a technical quiz. The quiz was mostly made up of questions on network administration, which surprised me, since I was expecting this to be more of a software-slash-math role. But I answered each one solidly, and we moved on to more personal questions, which were also going well, until he asked, What's your greatest weakness as an employee? Probably the same thing as my greatest strength, I answered. I am not a details man. How is not being a details man a strength? in network administration, he pressed. Well, Dave, I look at details a bit like speed bumps. Why do speed bumps exist, Dave? To slow people down. Exactly. But who do they slow down, Dave? Who do they really affect? People who drive too fast. Exactly. Idiots. Speed bumps, just like details, are for idiots, Dave. Dave took a moment. I think he was trying to figure out if he was more troubled by how little that analogy made sense, or how troubling it would be as an ethos if it did make sense. I sat back confidently in my chair and crossed my right foot over my left leg. That's when I noticed the pair of shoes I was wearing did not match. That is, I had a different type of shoe on each foot. It also bears mentioning, at this point, I was incredibly hungover. I like to interview while hungover. I believe you should always interview for a job in the same state you'll be working in. Most candidates will put on their best clothes and give their most careful, elegant responses during a job interview. But they probably won't work that way once they're hired. When I interview, I like to give you an honest representation of the kind of employee you're going to have the Monday after a holiday weekend. Bags under the eyes, lots of, whoa, you need to give me a minute on that question, type responses. The interviewer, Dave, squinted at me. I think he had just noticed my mismatched footwear and shared, well... In my experience, details are very important in IT, and particularly in networking. I burst out into a loud, fake laugh and started my response by calling him the wrong name. Larry, I don't think anyone here is saying details are not important. 
I'm just saying, if you're already heading to the right destination via your instincts, aren't details slowing you down? So you're saying, he asked, his tone changing to one of disbelief, that you're an instinctive network administrator? He had now mentioned network administration about five times, so I was pretty sure I was interviewing at the wrong place. I decided to go for broke and be fully honest with him on the off chance he was looking for a jackass. So I answered, Mateo, I am recklessly instinctive. He showed me the door. Questionable decisions I have made in job interviews. Number one, told the interviewer that aliens landed in my yard. I was interviewing with a phone company for a job developing software. For the technical quiz, they directed me into a room where a senior engineer had written a bunch of data on the whiteboard. That engineer introduced himself and asked me if a heap sort would be good in this case. I didn't know what heap sort meant, but I did notice this senior consultant wore large, tinted glasses and had a rat tail hairstyle, which, I estimated, meant he probably believed in UFOs. Rather than commit to an incorrect answer on his heap sort question, I joked, can't we just ask the green men upstairs while pointing to the sky? What? The engineer asked back excitedly. Look, I'm happy to get back to your question, I explained. But isn't it so odd that we are here talking about sorting strategies when there's a race, I changed my voice to a whisper here, up there that has already solved all of this? The engineer gave me the hardest, most accepting handshake I have ever received and proceeded to talk about aliens uninterrupted for 60 minutes until the office manager walked in and asked, well, how do you do? Perfect, my man answered. I got that job. They flew me out to Dallas the next Monday to start. I was fired three weeks later for losing the company car. I never learned what a heap sword is. Number two, showed off my legs. In college, I was interviewing for a retail job, and the manager read my resume and said, I don't know, this position and you're majoring in philosophy, I think you'll just get bored. You might be too smart for this job. Now, just prior to this interview, I had noticed that my socks didn't match. And I somehow thought my mismatched socks would demonstrate that I wasn't intellectually overqualified to be a cashier at linens and things. So, I raised my legs above the desk, let my pants fall down enough to show the socks, along with a good part of my calves, and asked, does this look smart? I got that job. What I discovered later that night was, I was in fact wearing a matching pair of socks. Due to the lighting and my color blindness, I just thought they were different. So when urged to honestly assess my intelligence, I put my legs up in the air and asked how smart that looked. And the manager, sitting before a man with his legs in the air spread eagle, concluded, there is enough off about this guy for him to be happy at this place. Number three. Claimed I was from the future. My senior year of college, I was offered a generous job at a big consulting firm. But I didn't see myself fitting in at a consulting firm. So I asked, when do you need an answer by? I think we need a commitment by the end of the week, or we'd have to move on. They answered, no problem, I reply, suggesting that I would spend the next three days deeply pondering this offer. Instead, 
I scheduled a rush of job interviews to see if I could find a cooler place to work that might approximate the same amount of money. This is a plan that might make sense in theory, but the way it unfolded in practice was I interviewed like a total asshole with everyone who returned my call. I made moonshot attempts at unheard of salary demands. I told one company that if they ever contacted me after work hours, I would immediately expect to have the following two days off. Another company estimated that I would sometimes spend three hours a day driving to clients. Then I responded, well, I think I speak for any self-respected candidate when I say, good people, you are hiring me a professional driver for said trips, or we could just end this interview now. What? You think we're going to hire a professional driver for an engineer who only makes $25,000? I did a fake loud laugh and answered, I say, if you think you are only getting me for $25,000, maybe we do need to end this interview. I was an outright jackass. I did interviews hungover, drunk, in silly suits. I wore a purple ascot to one. I figured I was never going to find a better salary than what this consulting firm was offering, but maybe I'd find a place that was totally comfortable with jackasses, and that would be the better overall fit. Plus, the power dynamics of a job interview always bothered me. You are wearing a suit. They are dressed in a t-shirt they received at a softball tournament. You arrive early. They explain why they are 10 minutes late. You talk about how you want the job. They talk about how they want you to do the job, then a bunch of extra unpaid stuff. So if I'm being honest, it was very freeing to do a job interview with a better offer in my pocket because I did not have to mollycoddle that power dynamic. One of the final interviews was for managing the computer systems at an Akron company that printed and sold novelty t-shirts. The owner was interviewing me. He was rude, uninquisitive, cheap, and prone to bragging. Atrocious features in a boss, but I thought the work might be really easy, so I should listen. He looked at my resume, and his first question was, philosophy major, what's that? It was pretty common for the first question in my interviews to be about the uncommonness of a philosophy major working in IT so I assumed that was the real thrust of his question. You mean how did I get into computers? From a philosophy major? I asked. No, he clarified. Philosophy. What's philosophy? You've never heard of philosophy? I was a business major, said condescendingly. At this point, I realized I would be working for a person so incurious he was able to graduate college and start a business without ever learning what philosophy was the discipline that started education itself. So I knew full well I will never work here. Philosophy is the study of physical computers, I answered. You mean like printers and monitors? He was now interested. No, it's the study of computers as physiological systems. Putting computers inside biology. Cyborgs. Really? He was now very interested. Yeah, it's the next wave. It's mostly theoretical right now, but it's coming. In about four years, my prediction, when a customer walks through your doors, you won't know if it's human or not. My God, he gasped, staring off into the distance for a moment before adding, that sounds really complicated. Why do you want to work here? Hey, they're still going to need shirts, right? I was offered that job. I never called the owner back to even decline it. But my hope is that he walked around for a few days telling everyone he was waiting for a guy that builds cyborgs to come run the computers at his t-shirt store. 
After Phil or Dave or Kendrick or whatever I called that Allstate employee who interviewed me finally showed me the door, I walked out to the parking lot and sat down in my car, noticing that I had parked right in front of his office. I saw him looking out the window, so I gave a wave before I pulled out. No hard feelings on my end, I suppose. Turned, and I drove off. When I got home, I walked around the car and saw my passenger side for the first time. The entire side was covered in dry car wax. It looked like I drove through a giant, uncooked cake. I had washed the car the previous day, and I must have become distracted and only taken the wax off one side of the vehicle. I started laughing as loud as an alarm. I realized that it was the side of the car that would have been facing Dave as I drove off. His last visual of me, as he still processes the odd frankness of me saying, I am not a details man, would be seeing me, oblivious to the fact that one whole side of my car was slathered in dry car wax. My dad, who had been working in the yard, noticed me laughing. He came over and quickly spotted something out of place. Are you wearing two separate pairs of shoes? He asked. I am, Dad. Where are you coming from? A job interview. Do you think you got it? Dad, even if I did, I don't think I could find that place again.